If you listened to our previous episode, then you already know my guest this week, Ever Gonzalez, the founder of Outlier HQ, has a few things figured out. And in this episode, we approach the bold basics of community building in our casual, over-coffee style chat. We also discuss how and when to monetize, how to empower your community through engagement, the value of a strong email list, where to connect virtually, and our thoughts on social media and the new clubhouse trend. We also chat a bit about getting started and the need to have and embrace a process. I think you'll enjoy this one. So we're back now just to go a little deeper into the nitty gritty of venturing out on your own. We're back with Ever Gonzalez. Thank you for being here once more. Thank doing you. This extra deep dive with us. I'm excited as always. <laughs> nice. So uh, we talked a lot about community and I was just telling you a moment ago uh, for selfish reasons. I definitely want to know more about this too. And I think it's so important, but can you help us understand how to take steps towards community building for someone who is either trying to start a personal brand or some venture for themselves or someone who's just starting a podcast. How do you kind of get that going? Like first steps? Yeah, I think there are like the generic steps, right? That, um, that you can read online saying you needed this and this and this and this. But if, and there are a lot of successful people that, that have done that. But I think for me, I need to be excited and passionate about uh, the community that I want to build uh, and being literally hanging out with those people, whether it's online or in person in order for it to kind of truly work the way you want it to work. Uh, and for me, it's obviously been podcasting and entrepreneurship, but uh, uh, more recently on the podcasting side, I, I wanted to kind of build a community where uh, I can go and talk to cool people about how to start and grow and, and do everything with, with your shows. And so yeah, I think number one, you have to be passionate about the potential community that you're trying to build and, and, and be, you know, and I hate the way this sounds, but, but truly be real and authentic about it. Right. If I think people are too savvy nowadays and can kind of, you know, they can tell when you're going through the motions or if you're doing it because at the end of the day, you want to sell them something, right? Build a community yeah. and then eventually sell them something. If you want to eventually, you know, try to, to, have them use your services or come to your events, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. But if the first thing that, that comes out of your mouth is, Hey, join my community. And I'm trying to sell you this. I think it's the wrong approach. So how can we, how do we know, like, how do we use a community in the beginning? What, what do we do with a community? When, let's say we're, we nailed the hell to get people interested. What do we do after that? Yeah. The thing that has worked for us is we build ambassadors, Right. So whether it's you or, or whoever started the community, we'll use obviously my example. Right. I wanted to build this podcasting community and uh, I can do everything I I can. I obviously have limited uh, time and, and resources, but I, I build other people or I, I kind of bring in these ambassadors, people that I know and like and that are passionate about, in this instance, podcasting and help have them kind of help build the community with answering questions or just kind of being cheerleaders uh, on the sideline or providing their own expertise in in this community, right? With answering questions, asking questions, being passionate about uh, bringing others in as well. And so, yeah, I, I think it's, it's going to be huge, right? So you pick your topic and then build ambassadors first because 
you're going to need it, uh, especially in the beginning. And, and as it grows, you know, bigger and bigger, it's just, it's, I don't know, it, it feels more like a family and, and a true community when there are more than one voice, you know, just more than one voice just kind of um, mm-hmm. talking the entire time. So how do you get the, like, what is it that you're engaging them around? Are you starting conversations? Are you asking the ambassador to start conversations and there's just like questions posed or events that you create or how does that, yeah, what's it's, that look it's, like? It's all the above and, and really they're, they're, the, the roadmap is, is pretty simple, right? Talk about what you normally would talk about if you and I were at a coffee shop, right? What are we going to be talking about? If it was me and you at a coffee shop, We'd probably be talking about business, you know, we'd talk about life and stuff, but we'd, we'd be I'd talking be about- I'd be having the same conversation th- That's exactly you. right. We'd be talking about business and we'd be talking about podcasting. So let's have that, bring that kind of intimate conversation and, and put it on, if it's going to be online, do it online or at our events. And so they, they're already going to be talking about things that they're interested in. Uh, and again, the ambassadors that I've kind of been able to, to bring in and kind of help with this, some in an official capacity, others in a, in a less official capacity- I just let them do what they would normally do and it works great. I mean, you know, they, yeah. they, they already bring in their own strengths uh, to the community uh, and it continues to, to build it because, because of, you know, they're usually very smart and very passionate and a lot of times very charming. Right. And, and that's exactly who we want as ambassadors. And you're really good at fostering that and giving a lot of freedom to whoever you involve. I, I've witnessed that over the couple of years that I've known you now. And uh, that's been that's been fun to see because I think there's a lot of structure often in like what you can and can't do and yeah. what the expectations are yeah. and all of this stuff. And it's it's just a, a warm waters to kind of <laughs> hang out in, if that makes sense. Yeah. What, and if you've been to one of our events, right, you've been to a, a couple already, we play it fast and loose, right? I mean, we're not... Obviously, we, we want some structure and, and we want some things that we need to accomplish and stuff, but we just kind of let it go. We we have a foundation and then it's fun watching it kind of go in different directions. And, and you're right. We'd like to give our speakers and uh, our facilitators the ability to kind of uh, do what they want. Right. We, we like them. We trust them. And so now go. And if you want to do something a little bit different, let's do it. And, and it's worked well for us. We're, we're not too strict on exactly how we want it to be right again it's fast and loose and sometimes uh, a lot of times it works there have been times when you know it, it doesn't but i'm okay with that just because i feel like we bring so much value to one event that if we have a little bit of a dud or something that you know we're swinging for the fences and we we strike out i'm okay with that because the rest of the programming makes up for it very cool like looking at the bigger picture yeah that that's a great way to to measure success which was actually going to be my next question how do you measure success when you're like it goes well it works for us what are you thinking about when you say that what is working if if i get comments during and after the event saying this was great or i met my next business partner or i met mm. somebody that i'm going to have on my show or i'm or literally i met my new best friend like that's huge for us. So the emails, the comments saying because of your show, I was able to start or grow mm-hmm. or meet somebody like that's that's huge for us. Right. I mean, obviously we want to make money, but that's uh, what keeps me going. And mm-hmm. uh, for those that don't know, our, we usually hold have three uh, podcast festivals a year and we do it all over the U.S. And I've been able to kind of measure some of our success because we feel like the Grateful Dead sometimes because we have people following us from city to city, right? And that's so cool. And that's huge, 
right? Obviously, they're taking time, and obviously, pre-COVID, right? They're they're flying and they're they're staying in a hotel and they're coming to our events because we were able to provide some value and. We have our little group of people that follow us from city to city. And, and uh, wow. if we weren't doing it right, that wouldn't happen, obviously. That's the biggest compliment, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why uh, why choose cities around the U.S.? Uh, honestly, because I just want to go to a, you know, a city <laughs> at that point. So, yeah, a lot of times the, the only criteria that I have when I'm picking a, a new city to go to is do they have a podcasting community whether it's already established or a blossoming podcasting community that we can add value to and, mm-hmm. and is it a cool city that i want to go visit nice and that's it right and yeah we, we go and uh, obviously we've had a couple in la we've been to salt lake city uh, austin obviously uh denver uh, it's it's we had columbus ohio uh, on the list last year but right it's, yes it's, uh, i was hoping to go to that one yeah and now really we i just kind of pick and choose wherever i want to be that's cool. And I, I, there's a theme here in last yesterday's episode and, and today in saying, you know, the, the two things to check is, you know, is it going to, how's it serving me and how's it going to serve everyone yeah. else? How am I serving the community? How am I serving the myself? And then how am I serving those that want to show up? So it's like all of that needs to be considered. And I think if we like go through life like that, most of us will be pretty happy. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, when it comes to the the business side uh, of this, I'm very happy. I, I couldn't be happier. I get to work with cool people like you. I get to hang out with cool people, creatives. I just I, I feed off of the energy of our events and the relationships that I'm able to build because of our events and our and my own podcast. Uh, and so I couldn't have asked for anything. And it's paying my bills and then some, right? So that's great. why not? And I'm going to continue to do this. Uh, as long as I can. Obviously, COVID put a little bit of a, you know, put us in uh, the back burner for a little, a little bit. Yeah, a little damper, <laughs> but uh, but we're going to continue to push forward. How does it make, uh, how does it, an event business model work? If you don't mind me asking, how how that monetizes? Is yes. it ad, is it sponsors? So sponsors and ticket sales are, are the big biggest ones. But uh, yeah, it's, it's the sponsors are usually what uh, uh, the biggest portion of, um, revenue. And then, okay. you know, I've kind of dabbled uh, on and off. I get, you know, not that I announce it from the stage or even uh, talk about it very much, but uh, I usually pick up uh, consulting gigs from it. Me personally, they hire me to kind of help them with whatever they're looking for. And um, cool. I kind of do it for, you know, sometimes as little as a week to a few months, depending on uh, the project that I want to kind of take on. Oh, and are, so is this with the brands or with the networking you do at the events? Uh, both. Or both. Yeah, both. Very cool. Yeah. And so, yeah, nice. it's it's one of those things that, uh, again, I, I don't want to bring everybody in and say, okay, now who needs help with this? It's just organic conversations. Uh, yeah. Um, and a lot of times I also, right, if I don't necessarily want to work with them, kind of like what you've done, I say, you know, maybe that's not my area of expertise or it's not going to work because of timing or whatever. But mm-hmm. I know somebody that can help you, mm-hmm. and and I try to make those connections as well. Yeah, that that's what I try to do too. Yeah. Is I don't want to leave people high and dry, sure. but maybe we're not the right fit. So yeah, that's 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 a great way to and do it's it. A and you're in an event, so you can pass people that's off exactly probably right. pretty easily. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So because we're virtual now, where do you think people might want to start communities? Like, where do you think is the best place to do that now? Yeah, that's a tough one, right? That's one we've struggled with. 
for us, we, we're trying to start them in person, right? And then kind of take them online. And, and we've, you know, we've done Slack communities, uh, obviously Facebook communities and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And one that works well for us, but it, it isn't necessarily the, the best option, but it's, it's something that, uh, that I can control is, you know, our, we're able to build our email list and he keeps growing and growing and growing. And that's the easiest way for me to kind of communicate with people. Facebook has its algorithms and things that uh, don't work well, mm-hmm. just like every other kind of platform Social that, that, media we can, platform, yeah, that we yeah. can use like that. And honestly, I'm not the best at it. And it's not something that I want to you know, spend too much time on or learn to do and stuff. So we've kind of shifted a little bit from all the, the, the social media stuff to our email list. And, you know, it makes it harder for the community to kind of interact with each other. But as far mm-hmm. as getting information out and, and building a community that way, uh, email is still king for us. Mm. Yeah. Again, it's not okay. the sexiest, but it's the most effective for us at this point. But we're, you know, we're still working a little bit on the social media uh, side of it as well. Yeah, it's it's a struggle right now to figure out where to be. I mean, have you jumped on the clubhouse train? I, you know, I'm on it and I listen, but I haven't uh, played with it uh, as much. Same. Have you? Same. I've listened. Yeah. I got a little addicted to it for a couple mm-hmm. weeks there. It's a great. It's a great <laughs> platform. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we had on on another show that I work with that I actually found on Clubhouse and nice. scoped him out and nice. asked him to join. And he said yes, because he was on Clubhouse saying yes to everything. Huh. Um, so that's, there's a networking trick, people. He was like, we call it crack house because everyone gets, yeah. people are spending so much I time know. on it each day and you can meet anyone on it. Meaning like people across the world, you can, Elon Musk is on it. Like people that you would never interact with. Are there. So is, so, this, is this a fad? What do you think? Is this going to, is this here to stay? I think from the business perspective that it's going to sell and it's going to change. And the, the, the way it's working now is going to change because when it sells, then they're going to control all the crap that we just complained about algorithmically with the other platforms. (laughs) That's my prediction. So I think that's why people are just eating it up right now. Yeah. It's still the wild wild west when it comes to that. Right. Yeah. And it's somebody is going to come in and buy it and it's going to change and it's going to be, you know, more corporate and, and the algorithms are going to change. And yeah, that's what I'm always afraid of. Right. What, one of the things that when I was on the logistics side, when I was starting my own business, I I built my business on somebody else's platform, right? Somebody else's software. It wasn't my software, but I -hmm. built it on somebody else. And then they kind of just tweaked a little bit of their terms and conditions and, it kind of wiped away 40% of my revenue because of that, right? That's and so from yeah. from then, I, I vowed never to let one thing, somebody somebody else's platform kind of control my business. And so uh, email is still the best for us, right? Because Facebook is going to change something and wipe out my community there, which is- Yeah, which you happens. don't own it. Yeah, and and yeah. most of these other uh, platforms, Clubhouse, you know, I'm, I'm thinking- should I go all in and try to build a community there? But then what if it changes and I've wasted a lot of time and energy? And so I, I, I'm yeah. holding back, but I'm sure I'm going to jump on it here pretty soon. We should do something. Let's do it. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. We, we're both newbies, so we'll just stumble through it together. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's not too difficult to, to do. I mean, I think we can we can figure it out pretty quickly and, and uh, have some fun with it. I, I do want to test it out. And I think it would be fun to yeah. do it with, with someone like you ever. Let's do it. But yeah, I, I, I just want to 
really shine a light on what you just said about building something on someone else's platform. I hear this a lot in it. I mean, it's the reason Vine crashed. If anyone's old enough to remember that the app Vine, mm-hmm. <laughs> people like, uh, oh, what was her name? Brittany Furlan, Brittany Furlan, I think is her name. And a whole bunch of people that had to shift got, they asked for money and Vine crashed because they all walked because they wouldn't pay their artists. Yeah. So Vine died because of it. That That's one way where everyone kind of lost. But you know, Facebook, like you said, the algorithm changes all the time. Instagram changes all the time. And, you know, don't build your business on someone else's platform. Exactly I just right. want to really, you know, use <laughs> them, that in. use them, but still have your own home base, whatever that looks like, but uh, yes, still use yes. Facebook and everything else as marketing and, and growing it. But yeah, it's exactly. dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Direct people to something that's yours. That's like exactly you said, right. the newsletter or some kind of email that still is from everyone I hear and everything I read is still the best way to own your community and own meaning yeah. you can, you're not a slave to the algorithm. So yeah, even after I'm all these years, that. yeah. Email is still working uh, well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's interesting. That's, that's the way to go. One thing, oh, cause I was listening to one of your podcast episodes that you guessed it on and I believe it was entrepreneur on fire which is a really fun one to listen to. That guy literally is on fire. Yeah, he's he is. so good he's, and, and he's doing so yeah. well. Yeah. And he's like, boom, boom, boom. But you mentioned that you get distracted sometimes in what I call shiny object syndrome, which a lot of us as creative people have and entrepreneurs, because we think in, in the realm of projects or you know, containers of what I can do next. Is there anything right now that's catching your eye? Are you getting distracted? I am getting, I'm always getting distracted, right? I'm, I'm always looking at something else, but I, I've been trying to kind of uh, close that off and focus on what I'm trying to do. And right now what I'm trying to do is continue to build uh, the events side of the business. I feel like I've, we've had a little bit of a year off because of COVID, but no, yeah, there, there's always something I'm looking at. No, there's always mm-hmm. businesses that I'm looking to invest in or, or buy or, you know, bring in partners and kind of just provide the, the resources and kind of let them run the day-to-day yeah it's it's a little bit too distracting to be honest um do you think that was an influence from COVID at all like did did the distractions increase because of the the shift in how we work I think so yeah for me anyway yeah I had a little bit more um you know I I pride myself in never working a 40-hour week right I mean I obviously work less when it's not an event week but uh uh, yeah I found myself kind of spending more time researching different uh, different things to kind of invest in or, or do on my own. But uh, at the end of the day, I luckily I haven't pulled the trigger just yet, but maybe soon, I don't know. You know, I, and, and just back on the logistics side of it too, there's a lot of opportunities there to kind of jump on and, and projects to work on, but uh, that have nothing to do with, with the media or event side of it. Um, so I don't know. So you've got some stuff brewing that you've been kind of... yes watching or always yes okay well i'm gonna be really interested to kind of watch on the sidelines and see what what comes to fruition then for sure yeah me too i'll see what uh, what we land on (laughs) very cool yeah but outlier is never gonna go away i think no matter what i do i'm there's still gonna always be a version of outlier out there whether it's online events or in-person events uh definitely the podcast right i'm not stopping that anytime soon because i I think i mentioned in our previous uh episode that even if nobody was listening or nobody was downloading my episodes, I would still do it just because of the value that I get personally 
with the guests that I have on, right? We usually build uh, strong relationships with a lot of the guests that, that come on. And those are the people that I kind of invite to be, to speak at my events. You know, we, we work on different projects together. So that's one way to leverage the podcast too, that, that you're using it for that reason to, to, to continue the networking and create partnerships and things of that nature. And I know I, I work a lot with companies that want to start podcasts or small businesses, uh, particularly it's very popular amongst entrepreneurs to want to start a podcast and that leveraging piece goes hand in hand. Can you share any other tips around how the, those two things might work well together? Yeah, for brands or businesses, I think it's it's they need to do it, right? There's no real middleman when it comes to that, right? And so, depending on what your business is, you're not going to get millions of downloads. Maybe you won't even get thousands of downloads, but you're going to get some downloads in your niche, right? I mean, let's uh, right. a, a a bike shop starts their own podcast, right? And they're going to have people that are interested in bikes and riding and all that stuff. It's they need to do it because now that that bike shop can build their brand around exactly who they're trying to sell to. And, you know, it just, it, it works well when the shop or whoever has something to say and especially something new to say, or they want to educate their potential customers and clients. I think it's a, a no brainer. Barrier of entry is, is low. The cost is low to start a podcast, right? Or you can hire a producer to kind of help you. Uh, do mm-hmm. it, but I think the upside is is huge. Right? I think that's I, where you build yeah. loyal uh, a loyal fan base, not just to the podcast, but to your brand. Right? In this instance, to the shop. I think everybody should be doing it. I agree. Thank you for for framing it that way so concisely. Yeah, it it just becomes an opportunity to have your audience hear your voice, learn who you are. It's a great trust it's development of trust between you and your listener slash potential partner, client, whatever it is you'd, you'd like, whoever you'd like to touch and connect with. So, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. It's just so fun and it's a fun way to do quote unquote branding or marketing or, you know, storytelling. You get to be creative while you do it. And you're working with these, with these companies, right? Uh, what, what do they, when they start, what do you think, what are they looking for? And then I'm assuming as they get going, I'm assuming that shifts a little bit maybe of their expectation. What, what is that like? Definitely depends on the client. There's people who want a personal brand and they kind of get the long haul a little bit better because they're not trying to meet a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a specific uh, expectation around monetization or some other thing that feels more like a hard, just piece of success, let's say. For smaller businesses, I think they don't realize often how hard it's going to be, that it's going to take a lot of their attention at the beginning. And then it's a weekly thing. So it's like adding this part-time job to your week that, you know, maybe you didn't expect would require, you know, X, Y, and Z because it takes a lot to make content good (laughs) and not just, you know, jumping on and there's a lot of skills. I think the barriers sometimes are like learning, learning what the skills are that they have or don't have. And it's also great because they learn skills they have that they didn't know they have. And they're like good at things they didn't realize they were great at, or, you know, there, there's definitely both. So the experience is interesting. It's there's learning curves that are different for everyone and there are successes that are measured different, but I think it's a little bit of a wake up call at first and then 
if they love it, I, I have people sign on for at least 10 episodes so they can have an actual process to reflect on and some content, some analytics too, uh, that they can look at. So, you know, if let's say they're doing a weekly podcast, that's two and a half months of releases. Let's say if they're doing it once a week and then they can kind of like take a moment and be like, do I love this or do I hate this? <laughs> Am I good at this? Do I want to keep going. Is it working? Are people listening? Like, you know, whatever it is that they want to reflect on. And I guide them in that as well. But then it kind of ends up being, you know, oh, I, I'm learning so much about my, what I'm good at, or, you know, they, they, they develop personal skills, like how to talk, how to talk is in this way. It's not something we normally do. We do it now because everyone's on zoom Uh and things are more presentational. So it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. And the okay. connections too, like meeting people they normally wouldn't meet and all, all of that. Are you hand, are you doing a lot of handholding? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but that's something you're, you're good at. I mean, it's showing somebody the process and kind of showing them the, the benefits of that. I mean, it, it seems to come natural to you, I'm assuming. I, I thank you for, for saying that. I do think that comes natural, almost to a fault sometimes. Oh, really? Meaning I will spend too much time with with someone realizing like this isn't beneficial to keep it at this level yeah. you know like yeah. it can become a little too intensive mm-hmm. uh for my time and probably for some of theirs depending on the the client you know but we've gotten better at that over <laughs> over the years <laughs> over the years of doing this it's it's gotten a little more there's a system now and i i like that part the actually quite a bit and as long as I'm not having to do all of the pr- post-production too and everything, then then I can kind of balance Good. the two sides of that process. So now there's people that do that, which is great. <laughs> yeah, but it's huge, right? Having somebody, a producer, somebody like you that can kind of walk them through the process and then show them. Because a lot of times they, they go in there and they don't know what the goal is even. They don't know what they want out of this. And having somebody there kind of craft it for them can be huge, obviously. Thank you. Yeah, we do start there. It is a lot about understanding goals and understanding mission and message and things they may have never thought of regarding their own business. So it's really getting to the core of why we're doing this and what you were saying about how you decide where to go, even for an event. It's like, what do I want out of this? Meaning the the person who I'm working with, what do they want? What will feel like success and what's the first goal so that we can focus on that for these 10 episodes versus, and then it, it should change. There should be small goals and there should be a big goal and et cetera. But it's, it's a whole like, and everyone learns differently. So it's kind of figuring out, you know, what's yeah, going to, what's going to sit with that well, person. Yeah. That's, that's the hardest part for me, right? The, uh, the handholding for the most part, the, the training, right? I, mm that's not one of my get. I mean, I can do it and I like to think that I can do it. Well, I just, I don't have the, sometimes I don't have the patience for it. Right. I, that's when I bring people in to kind of help with, mm. with the, the details of, of the whole thing. I'm more of the big picture guy and then mm-hmm. bring in people to kind of help with the details and the actual training uh, part of it. But that's, that's what you do well. Right. Yeah. I have a passion for that. I, I like to watch people go through that shift. It's really rewarding. It's really rewarding to see, to cheer someone on and, and to talk to someone in a way that maybe they're not used to thinking of themselves that positively, which surprisingly enough, like we, 
aren't very nice to ourselves as a general statement. Not everyone is this way, but most of us experience a lot of that. And so it feels really nice to be able to like just hold someone up in that way and guide them through something new in a very safe space and uh, watch people kind of blossom and that's, and create something, you know, I love creating. So it's, they have a reward right there in the product. So it's, it's, it's a rewarding experience. Good for you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. Well, Everett, do you have a tip, like one last tip you can give to someone who's just starting out or thinking about jumping into their first venture? Yeah, don't, uh, I'll go on the podcasting side. Don't worry about downloads. Don't worry about selling sponsorships. Don't worry about uh, all of that stuff. Do something that you enjoy and try to do it as best as you can and you know, if, if you're not embarrassed about your first episode, you know, uh, six months from now, then, you know, you're not taking enough chances, right? You're not progressing because it might, it's going to suck the first time, I think, unless, you know, it's well produced with, you know, unless you hire the right people. But if you're doing it yourself, it's not going to be the best, but you need to start off somewhere. All I would say is if you're going to do it, go all in and take chances, but don't worry about downloads. Don't worry about selling sponsorships. That will come if you can kind of make it happen, but it's not going to be there day one. Right, right. Thank you. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many people, right? We That's one of the first things I always get at, at our events or when I'm talking to people. How do I make money? I'm like, off of the podcast. I'm like, well, yeah. what, what are you doing? Well, I haven't started yet, but I want to make money day one. I'm like, yeah, it's not going to happen usually. Yes. And that's where it's, if we can't shift in that initial mindset, then it's very hard to get started because we won't be focusing on the content. We won't be focusing on what you're making and on your voice and on who you are and what you want to, who you want to serve. We're more focused on how am I going to quit my job and live off of this podcast. (laughs) And there are, you know, there are people that have been able to do that, but uh, it's a lot of work and, and it takes a little bit of time. Right. It's that, you know, you got to keep showing up. Yep, you got to keep right. showing up for the process. That's right. What do, what do they call it? Podcasting, podcast fade, right? Where Pod fade. Pod fade, yeah. They're, they're six, seven episodes in and they're not seeing the results that they want. So they that's it. They're out. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. But uh, you kind of have to put a little bit more skin in the game if, if you want it to succeed. Yeah. If you, want, if you want this to work, specifically podcasting, this, whatever it is that you choose, then you have to keep trying. Yeah. But if you realize that it's not for you, then that's a good reason to walk away. It has to feel right. Well, thank you, Ever. This was fun. Thank you so much. I had a lot, uh, a great time. Me too. <laughs> thank you for listening to Be Bold Begin. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so as not to miss an episode. So the best way to ensure you get all the new episodes is by subscribing. Help us build a positive community by joining the Facebook group, also called Be Bold Begin. I'll be checking it daily to answer and acknowledge any of your questions and comments. Stay positive and safe out there.